Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from Kicker Tryouts. It's the Fourth and Inches Show with Janet and the Sherpa. <laughs> I I don't know when uh, you make six field goals and then get uh, drug tested. There's something wrong with the system, I think. But uh, the system might Chris be broken. Boswell, it might be, <laughs> but anyway, in case he gets. Uh, suspended for anything. Yeah, I think we're both ready, willing, and able to step in. But yeah, I mean, I oh. I don't see how this could fail at all. Me neither. So well, let's see here. The the Cowboys still uh, going strong. Giants uh, continue their winning still ways. Trucking away. Doesn't look like they're going to be able to catch uh, Dallas at this point, but stranger things have happened. But you must be feeling pretty good right now about the Cowboys' chances. I'm I'm excited about it. I'm still cautiously optimistic, but, you know, I'm, I'm feeling better than I was a couple of weeks ago. I think that's fair. So <laughs> if the Eagles win a monumental upset on Thursday night against the Giants and you're in the Cowboys, would you try to get Tony Romo some work the last couple of weeks, or do you think that's just going to potentially cause more problems than it would solve? Um, like a part of me wants to give him some work just because it's been forever since he played any meaningful snaps. Um, but the other part of me, it the controversy has been so like overblown before he was even healthy. And, uh, you know, with one mediocre game, uh, it, it got pretty loud, <laughs> thanks to Jerry Jones. So oh. I think for the team's sake, it's probably best not to put Tony Romo out there unless it's like a, a real blowout. Um, I think they kind of have to stay the course at this point. Would you let him be a, play, a, a holder for kicks? Play Never. Kicks? Not. I don't care if everybody's hands fall off. I'd rather just like not kick it. <laughs> okay. I'm glad we got that out of the way. That that wound will probably never heal. <laughs> probably not. So, speaking of wounds, uh, how do people Cut get in so touch deep. with us if they want to talk to us during the show? So, uh, it, we will be here for the full hour, as we are every Wednesday night from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can find us all over social media. We're on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show at Fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page and at FantasyFootballSherpa.com. We've got an action-packed show for your uh, championship week, if you will. We'll go through all the games, give you who to start, who to sit, predictions, injuries, news and notes, uh, waiver wire picks, all that good stuff, as well as some daily fantasy picks. So we've got a whole bunch of stuff to cover, as always. Of course, the key thing to remember this week is that the games, for the most part, are on Saturday. There's a Thursday night game and two Christmas night games and a Monday night game, but the yeah. bulk of the games, 12 of them, are actually on Saturday this week instead of Sunday. So uh, just in case you're out and about doing last-minute Christmas shopping or, or getting ready for Hanukkah or whatever you might be uh, doing, yeah, make sure that you uh, remember to set your lineup lest you be stuck with um, – yeah, Brock Ooh. Osweiler is your quarterback, in which case you probably wouldn't in be in the championship week. game in the first place. But <laughs> uh, you definitely don't want to be starting him this week. No, no, you don't. 
Um, and congratulations for all of those who are listening that have made it to your championship game. Your ha- you know, the battle is is almost over. Now we gotta we gotta steer you to victory. So buckle up. We got a wild ride. <laughs> okay. So starting with the Thursday night game, the my my favorite team, the Giants, are playing at Philadelphia, and I'm guessing I don't this, think is this is the is game you're gonna want to most watch this week. <laughs> Probably because it's probably one of the few games I'll be able to watch, given that I'm leaving the country on Friday night. But um, yeah, you're taking your London. One, your London game is next week. <laughs> yes, my my bye week is next week. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going to London instead of coming back from London for my bye week. But um, there you go. <laughs> yeah, this one. I don't know. I I want to pick the Giants in it, and I I will. But this this game scares me a little bit. Carson Wentz has been. Yeah looking a little bit better. Giants defense has been carrying them. You would think that Eli's going to wake up at some point, but no guarantees of that. But uh, in spite of all that, I'm going to pick the Giants to win this by a field goal. I'll say Giants 20, Philadelphia 17 in a relatively low-scoring game. What say you? Uh, I'm actually also going to pick your Giants. I I have them winning 24-17. Their defense, I think, is the real difference maker here. The Giants' defense started the season looking pretty porous, uh, and the second half of the year has really come on pretty strong, and I feel like they're not necessarily getting enough credit for that. Yes, Carson Wentz has looked better, but he still has a ways to go. Um, And until his wide receivers start learning how to run routes correctly and catch the ball all at the same time, I think he's going to struggle. Yeah, that's, I mean, with the Giants, when you figured when uh, Jason Pierre-Paul went down, that that was probably it for their defense. They just got better. I don't even know how. Yeah, I I don't either. I really, it's almost as mysterious as why their offense hasn't been better. I mean, we know they have no run game, but you would think at least, you know, with Eli having been there for um, 10 years now and having worked with the same set of receptors, you know, of receivers except for Sterling yeah. Shepard for a while. You would think they'd be all on the same page, but um, so far their, their offense not. is definitely on the, if you want to look at it on the positive side, though, there's definitely room for improvement there. And if their defense can kind of stay where it is and their offense can improve, they could be a pretty dangerous team in the playoffs, but still they're going to be on the road for any and all playoff games that they're in, unless they somehow catch a break with uh, Detroit in Philadelphia mm-hmm. beating Dallas the next couple weeks and then winning their last two games themselves, which all those things happening is kind of unlikely. But uh, anyway, so we've probably talked enough about that game, so why don't we get on to the Christmas Eve games then, starting with Miami yes. at Buffalo. Um, two teams, I think, that are going to be spending most of the game running at each other. I don't think either one is going to have that impressive a pass game, although I do have to give props to Matt Moore for his performance against the Jets on Saturday night. But Yeah, I think, he was good. Yeah, Very good. I, I guess that's the difference between having a guy with no experience as your backup quarterback and having a guy that doesn't have experience but just hasn't played in a while. And so, Why do you think the Cowboys used to pay Kyle Wharton $5 million to grow a neck beard and never take any snaps, just so they had someone that knew what they were doing moderately on the yeah, field? Well, <laughs> uh, well, Tony Romo can work on the neck beard now, but uh, yeah, still, I, I think Matt Moore is going to continue his winning ways this week. I think the, I'm going to just 
even though I don't love the matchup, I'm just going to continue with this idea that late in the season you go with the better team nine times out of ten, and so I'm going to pick Miami to beat Buffalo on the road this week. I'll go with the final score of Miami 24, Buffalo 17. I actually have a similar score. I've got Miami 24, Buffalo 21. Um, I Had this game happened four or five weeks ago, I probably would have picked Buffalo to win this. Um, Miami, their offense overall is a, a little bit stronger, uh, and I just think Buffalo has, despite being at home and having a good defense, I think there's just too much noise with when Rex Ryan's going to get fired and, and what changes are coming and this and that, and there's just too many outside factors um, for this to to be something that they're going to upset Miami. I, I just don't see this team bonding together to try to overcome things. It's not their their normal MO. So I'm taking Miami in a close one. They tend to play each other well. These tend to be pretty good games to watch. Like you said, I think it's going to be a lot of ground and pound and not so much a, a, an aerial attack, if you will. Yeah, the thing I don't understand, you know, in the NFL, unless you're just totally down on the coach and can't wait to kick his butt out the door, it's not like college. Right. college Why do you, you fire know, someone I still with think two it's kind of left. strange, but you know, when you're doing the recruiting, I kind of understand why you need to get the new coach in place quickly, mm-hmm. and therefore, you know, you don't want less miles around. You kick him out the door so that the new guy can get in and start, you know, recruiting players for the next season. But since you don't have recruiting per se in the NFL, I really don't understand the need to. Yeah, unless you're seriously considering the offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator or whoever you you know, put in as the interim coach, right. unless you're really considering that person as your full-time replacement for next year, which, you know, quite often doesn't happen. I'm not really sure why the need to just, you know, shove people out the door. But uh, anyway. I don't need, especially with a week or two left in the season, like you're not gaining anything. I get you want to be the first one to get the interview scheduled with the, the big names out there with the Bill Cowers and the John Grudens and, and this and that. But, realistically like you're you're hurting yourself more long run by just arbitrarily deciding like oh this is we've had enough like Jacksonville firing uh, Gus Bradley last week in a game that yeah, yeah I mean they should have won but they, they should have won a, a lot point, of games and yet you lost in the fourth quarter by a point on the like I just don't understand why firing him literally coming off the field is sending a, a message to your team or your fan base or or any anybody that you're making a good move and that you guys have some kind of plan because it looks like you're making snap judgments and you're just flying by the seat of your pants, which is I'm pretty sure what's happening. <laughs> or the church doesn't instill a lot of confidence. Yes. Okay. So why don't we Hand move on over. to the next game? <laughs> yeah. All right. So we've got the Jets at New England on Saturday as well. This game, I think the Patriots are going to be able to run past, do whatever they want against the Jets' defense. I think the Jets will have some success passing the ball, and you know, Bryce Petty has established a pretty nice connection with Robbie Thompson um, mm-hmm. there. But, um, um, but I just, I mean, excuse me, Robbie Anderson, I'm thinking baseball here, but <laughs> um, I just don't think that's going to be nearly enough. I think New England wins this by two touchdowns. I'll go with a final score in New England 31, Jets 17. Yeah, the spread on this game is 16 and a half, which 
It's like it's kind of a joke. Um, I've got New England winning 35-20. I think they're going to be able to pretty much score at will here. Um, the Jets are going to put some points up. They'll move the ball a little bit, but really this is your welcome to the show moment, Bryce Petty. Like this is now you're playing you're playing with the real the real contenders here and it's just in New England with as many injuries as the Jets have, I just don't think this is even close to a fair fight. No, but it's funny that you and I both think that they'll cover the spread, albeit not by much. Yeah. I mean it's just that's a big spread. <laughs> it's a real big spread. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. So next up we've got Tennessee at Jacksonville. Yeah. Again, we talked about Gus Bradley before, but I, I think this is a pretty evenly matched game. I know Tennessee's record is a lot better. Jacksonville's lost a lot of close games. I think Jacksonville should be able to pass at will against Tennessee's defense. Tennessee should be able to run at will against Jacksonville's defense. And to me, it's kind of a toss-up, but I'll go with the better team here, the one that has actual playoff hope, and I'll I'll pick Tennessee to win this by a field goal, continuing Jacksonville's uh, ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. I'll go with the final score here of uh, Tennessee 24, Jacksonville 21. Um, I've got Tennessee winning 24-17. Like, I hate what happened to Gus Bradley. I actually like Doug Marone as a coach. I think he could be a good fit. I doubt they'll keep him long-term, but um, I'm interested to see what it looks like. There's really not a lot you can do in this short amount of time, but, you know, it's something. But Tennessee and Jacksonville just don't like each other as teams. They always play each other tough. It doesn't matter how good or bad either one of them are. These games are always good. Um, So I think, like you said, it's going to – going to go back and forth it could go either way I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville pulled off a quasi upset here but I just think Tennessee is a more complete team um, they they know how to win and that you know that that matters at this point in the season Jacksonville is really good at losing games they should be winning unfortunately they're not that good at closing out and actually winning those games so I think that's ultimately their undoing next up we've got Minnesota at Green Bay, much has been made as Adrian Peterson's return, but I really don't see that being a factor in this game. You know, two defenses that are kind of moving in the opposite direction. Minnesota really had a top-notch defense at the beginning of the season. Green Bay was near the bottom of the barrel, but uh, Green Bay's been improving, and Minnesota's been regressing to the mean as the season goes on. I think Green Bay just has a lot more talent on offense than Minnesota does, and much to my surprise, turn their season around right at the ship, and I think that'll continue this week. I'll go with Green Bay to win this pretty easily. Green Bay 27, Minnesota 14. I've got Green Bay winning 28-20. Um, some of this is going to hinge on if Adrian Peterson decides to play. I think if he does, Minnesota maybe becomes a more interesting opponent here, but that didn't do him a lot of good last week, as we all saw. I think it's December in Green Bay with the playoffs on the line here, and Aaron Rodgers is a little grumpy because we've all been doubting him all year, and that's usually not a good recipe for anybody they're playing. Plus, Minnesota's been playing what one might call uninspired football. <laughs> so I think that this is not going to feel competitive most of the way, despite it not being a blowout. 
I think the Vikings have a pretty Spartan offense. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> okay. You are kind. Okay. Next up, this is a game that I really am curious to get your take on because you've been picking – got San Diego or Cleveland here. You've been picking Cleveland just about every week for the last three or four weeks. Meanwhile, the Right, and this is Browns, the week where everyone's like, this is it for Cleveland. I'm, I'm not picking Cleveland. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm actually going to be on the bandwagon this week while you're wearing that uh, that you know the T-shirt for number 16 that says Owen on the back yeah. you know, for the Browns, yep. the, <laughs> the Owen 16 jersey. Mm-hmm. I'm going to actually pick Cleveland to win this week. <laughs> that, that was really clever. Yes. So, but um, Cleveland, I I don't know RG3. I I like their passing offense against San Diego's defense here. San Diego should be able to run the ball at will, but I don't think they'll be able to throw as much as they usually do against Cleveland's defense. And I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here, and I'll pick Cleveland to win their first and last game of the season. Cleveland 27, San Diego 24. I'm picking San Diego 27, Cleveland 20. Um, I like them to be a factor in this game, and I think Maybe had this game come a few weeks earlier, maybe I could have justified this, although granted I did justify most of Cleveland's wins that they did not follow through on. Um, My concern is that San Diego lost a tough one last week. They need this game. Uh, Cleveland needs to win a game, but unfortunately they missed their chances. And RG3 doesn't seem to have a lot of chemistry with his wide receivers. That's concerning. Their offensive line is always concerning. And I just think that Phillip Rivers – despite being on his, like, fifth-string running back, has more than enough in the tank to win this game. Okay. We'll see who... who I would like to be wrong about it, but I just... Like, I can can find a lot of ways to justify Cleveland win, but I can't do it this week. (laughs) It's funny because this is, like, the only week that I can actually see them (laughs) with a path to victory, but we'll see what actually happens then. So next up, we've got Washington at Chicago. And this is another hard game, at least for me, to get a handle on. And Washington's been yeah. the better team for the course of the season, and they should be able to run the ball at will. But I actually like what Matt Barkley has been doing for Chicago. And I he think hasn't should, been you know, bad. He's been getting Jordan, better every week. I yeah, won't give him that. He's bad, but he's been getting better. And Jordan Howard is somewhat healthy again, and I think Chicago's going to be able to run and pass the ball. Uh, Washington, I think Kirk Cousins is going to have more difficulty than usual passing the ball this week. So I'm going to go with a minor upset here. I'm going to pick Chicago at home, 24 over Washington, 21. All right. Um, I'm going to pick Washington, 24-20 here. Uh, It was a pretty demoralizing loss they had on Monday night to Carolina. Uh, And granted, their defense got exposed when they play a good quarterback. That's what happens. Uh, It's like clockwork, I just wouldn't put Matt Barkley necessarily in the great or good quarterback category yet. He is doing much better. Um, he's exceeded my expectations. Having a functional run game certainly helps open up some of those passing plays, but I I wouldn't be surprised should Chicago win this, especially on a very cold day in Chicago, but I just think Washington needs this for pride a little bit more than Chicago does. So you don't think Matt Barkley's quite in Cam Newton's category yet? 
Maybe not quite. I mean, like, he's really going to have to step up his dad game and his wardrobe to, like, a whole other level. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> right. I mean, granted, I think so, everybody on planet Earth would have to. <laughs> probably. So the yeah. next two games up, I think, are going to be the two highest scoring games and therefore among the most interesting games from a fantasy perspective this weekend. First one, we've got Atlanta at Carolina. Not a whole <clears> lot of defense going on in this game. I don't think either team is going to have much success running against the other, but they should be able to pass all day against the other. And I just like Matt Ryan a little bit more than Cam Newton in terms of the chemistry with the receivers and all. A lot of it, of course, hinges on you know how healthy is Julio Jones, really, and we'll get into that more later when we talk about injuries by position. But I think Atlanta's going to find a way to win this. I'll go with the final score of Atlanta 31, Carolina 24, again, just on the theory, picking the better team late in the season. I'm taking a very similar approach. Atlanta 33, Carolina 24. Uh, there's going to be a whole lot of offense. There's, they're going to score early and often. Neither of these defenses are really anything to write home about. Carolina finally found their stride just about 14 weeks too late last week. Um, and if they can play like they did on Monday, you know, they can they can stick with this Atlanta team. If they come out and play like they have in a few previous games, they're going to get smoked. So I think I think that we'll see a better version of Carolina. They match up well. Uh, remember, Atlanta was the team last year that dethroned their winning streak. So there's a little bad blood there. But I just think that Matt Ryan, at the end of the day, is is the better quarterback, the better game manager, and has a little bit more talent to work with. All right, it should be interesting. And I know you don't like it when teams are playing on a short week. Of course, just about every team is nope. playing on a short week this week. Yeah. Except for uh, <laughs> Seattle and, and uh, Los Angeles, but that's another story. So the second of the, the games that I think is going to produce an inordinate amount of offense and therefore should be of great interest to fantasy owners in championship games this week, we've got Indianapolis at Oakland. Again, I don't think there's going to be much in the way of defense to write home about in this game and write anywhere else about. And <laughs> write I just to you in London. Think, <laughs> yeah, write to me in London if you want. Uh, just remember to put more than 47 cents on the postage or it won't get there. But oh, shoot. <laughs> I just think Oakland has a little bit more talent all around to work with, you know, especially in the run game. I know Frank Gore had 100 yards last week, but I think that was probably more of a fluke. And yeah. San Diego managed to keep Oakland's offense in check, but I just don't see Indianapolis being able to do that. So I'm going to go for the final score here at home, Oakland 34, Indianapolis 27. I've got Oakland winning 30-27, to 27, so we agree on the Colts side. Um, but, I mean, the Colts look good against Minnesota. Minnesota's making a lot of people look good lately. Um, but Andrew Luck, despite being hampered with a couple of injuries and – I mean, they've, they've been hit by the injury bug pretty hard as well. Uh, they look good, and I think they're going to continue that trend. It's a, a high-scoring offense. It's going to continue to be that Oakland defense isn't going to stop anybody. Um, but I think Derek Carr uh, and the combination of Latavius Murray and that run game really are going to be able to just have just enough to find a way in the fourth quarter. But I think this is going to be one of the more fun games to watch. 
Yeah, I think either of those two games would get my vote for most entertaining from a fantasy yeah. perspective this mm-hmm. weekend, just from a fan perspective. So, so moving from Northern California to Southern California, we've got actually a Northern California team traveling to Southern California. That would be <laughs> the 49ers, the Santa Clara 49ers playing at the Los Angeles Rams. Gosh, it's, I think it's Todd Gurley's going to have a good game. Wants to watch. You know, he's running out of time, but I think this will be it. But yes, I, I would not want to watch this. Um, no. San Francisco, they should be able to run against the Rams, but the Rams should be able to you know, run and pass against what passes for a 49ers defense. But I'll go with the final score here of Rams 20, 49ers 14. But um, if you told me that the Rams were going to bust out and hang 35 points on the 49ers, that wouldn't surprise me either. But I'm going to take a more conservative score here and just go with the Rams uh, 20 over San Francisco 14. I'm going to take the 49ers in a quasi-upset here. 17-14 in a real high-scoring barn burner. Uh, I'm not incredibly impressed by either of these offenses. They have so much potential, um, but unfortunately have squandered a lot of it. There's a lot of bad blood on in both of those locker rooms, it seems like, right now, and just some unhappy players, which generally doesn't breed for wins and a lot of good things happening on the field. So, I think the 49ers are going to come in. They'll pull off this mini upset, if you will. And it's the Rams just, I don't know what to make of them. Like they're just, Every time I think I haven't figured out, they go and do something else. Like it's just, well, being I'm, in the I'm, UK this I'm weekend, I'm going to be rooting for Kenny Britt. <laughs> Fair enough. I think Kenny Britt is going to be uh, a pretty nice factor in that game. I just don't anticipate it being super high scoring. No, probably not. All right, so now let's move back up the West Coast, and we're going – it seems like there's an inordinate amount of uh, late games on Saturday. Nothing wrong with that, but we've got I like it. Arizona. I'm not mad about it. No, um, Arizona, for those who like to sleep late or have things to do earlier on Saturday afternoon, you know, more power to you then. Now we have uh, Arizona at Seattle, the two teams that were – expected to contend for the NFC West title this year. Of course, Arizona, both you and I picked them to win the Super Bowl before the season began. doesn't look Mm -hmm. like that's happening. In fact, we know it's not happening. Seattle, it's not going to be a wild card (laughs) team. They're more than that. Um, I just, you know, Arizona, who knows? I mean, last weekend, their offense went bananas. Unfortunately, their defense let New Orleans run bananas, but, um, I'll go with Seattle here in a relatively low-scoring game. I don't think it's going to be an overtime 6-6 tie or whatever that was when they first played the season on the Sunday night game. But I think it's another close game, but I'll give Seattle another victory here. I'll go uh, Seattle 24, Arizona 21. Yeah, I want to pick Arizona. I do, but I can't. (laughs) Like I just can't justify it. Seattle at home. Just looking a little bit more functional right now. It's not the easiest place to play. I think really the only person I want to have in my uh, lineup this week from Arizona is probably David Johnson. But I'm taking Seattle to win 24-21. I just it's hard to pick against Seattle in Seattle, despite how much I want to. <laughs> well, 
brings up an interesting point, though, with David Johnson. This is obviously not an ideal matchup for him. Are there any circumstances mm-hmm. under which you would consider benching him this week, or is he in your lineup come no. hell or high water? He's in my lineup come hell or high water. I I probably agree with you, but again, it depends on what matchups I have, but it's hard to imagine having two or three better running back matchups on your roster than than that this yeah. week, but um, who knows. What, is, okay. what an embarrassment of riches that would be. Like, if I had the kind of flexibility where David Johnson was somebody I could comfortably put on my bench, whew. Maybe if you had Tim Hightower, that would do it for oh, you. You're terrible. <laughs> okay. Let's Speaking keep of Tim moving. Hightower. <laughs> Speaking of Tim Hightower and the Saints, they're at home this week against Tampa Bay, which put up a sure pretty are. good fight against Dallas, but ultimately went down to defeat. Um, yeah, I did not appreciate that last Tampa's week. definitely the better <laughs> team, but I – pardon? I said I did not appreciate that effort by Tampa Bay, not one bit last week. <laughs> no, I'm sure you didn't. But if you like to root for other teams to do your dirty work for you, I think you'll be happy with uh, – New Orleans this week. I think at home, mm-hmm. as you've pointed out many times this season, they're a different team than they are on the road. I'm going to pick them to beat Tampa Bay and hand them their second loss in a row. I'll go with the final score here. New Orleans 31, Tampa 24, and uh, Drew Brees will show mucho signs of life again this week. Yeah. No shock here, guys. I'm picking New Orleans at home. I've got them winning 28-21. I think that uh, Drew Brees, definitely, we're going to see a lot of signs of life out of him. Uh, it's it's going to be much more the pass game than the run game. I think that's a big factor here. Uh, unfortunately, Mark Ingram has a bad case of the bad attitude and <laughs> seems to be a little less than ideal. Um, but I think that's Drew Brees is going to uh, – it might be. You better watch out because I think Todd Gurley might have it too. Uh, (laughs) it's slowly spreading as the season goes on but Drew Brees is going to be the difference maker here as he is every time they play at home so I'm I'm pretty comfortable going with that okay next up we have two teams that combined will probably score fewer points than some individual teams this week and that's Cincinnati at Houston Brock Osweiler era maybe over maybe not but uh, it's it's certainly come to a savage end this week. But, I'm all uh, in on Tom Savage. I love this. <laughs> no, I, I do not, but um, we will see. <laughs> but in spite of my not loving it, I am going to pick them over Cincinnati. and uh, Andy Dalton just you know, not getting it done this season. It'll be interesting to see if Cincinnati continues to bring him back season after season or whether maybe they – get another quarterback for the non-1 p.m. games or what they do. but Yeah, that would be there. something. I like that idea. Have a, a quarterback rotation yeah. depending on when you're playing. That's There could be something there. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting if we were NFL GMs. Our team might end up just like the Browns, but at least it would be more interesting more radio I'd be fodder, the one selling but... the Owen 16 jerseys. I'd be making the money off those. 
you know, making, you know, on your own team's own team Listen, if somebody's going to do it, I might as well reap some benefit. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Jenna, why didn't you pick up that player? Why didn't you pick up Adrian Peterson on waivers? Listen, oh, I have 1.5 million of these 0-16 jerseys I got to move. Right. <laughs> so... And this, okay. ladies and gentlemen, is why I am not an NFL GM. Yeah, neither am I, just in case there was any doubt or confusion over that. But, so, for this Houston-Cincinnati game, though, I'm still going to pick Houston in spite of the the savage uh, playing quarterback for Houston this week. So, I'm going to pick Houston to savage Cincinnati. I'll go with the final score, Houston 20 Cincinnati 17, although I think Houston's going to do most of the damage on the ground, assuming that uh, Lamar Miller's troublesome ankle allows him to get through a whole game. We'll see. I mean, it's been a while since Lamar Miller's played a whole game. But um, no surprise here. I'm I'm very excited about the Tom Savage era. I'm fully embracing it. Uh, I've spent most of the season picking against Houston, but now I'm fully on board. I'm picking Houston to win this 24-17. Like I said, really into Tom Savage and how that offense looked. Cincinnati, on the other hand, the Ginger Ninja playing at 4.30. That's, well, I'm sorry, they're playing at 8.30. That's not great. That's a long way away from 105. (laughs) That offense will be 105 a.m. where I am, but. Well, there you go. Maybe, maybe that'll work. You don't know. Um, but they just they look so uninspired right now. This is a for... <laughs> it just changed all the clocks maybe in the arena, like the game clock, everything. That could I mean like it it's gotta be partially a mental thing at this point. Um but you know, the Ginger Ninja, like big fan of his, just not after one PM and the team just looks like it's just running on fumes. There's no chemistry there, like this this season is done for them. So Tom Savage forever. If Houston wins this game, it's not going to be because of Tom Savage. I hate to break it to you. Listen, you're going to have a hard time convincing me otherwise. <laughs> okay. So moving right along, we've got two games on Christmas Day, actually Christmas afternoon and Christmas night, depending on what part of the country or the world you're in. Two good division rivalry games. First, we've got an AFC North showdown between Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Baltimore, beginning of the season, defense looking really strong. Pittsburgh, not so good. Recent weeks, that trend is reversed. Pittsburgh now looking like uh, the better team by far. These two teams, usually a bloodbath and a closely fought game when they get together. I think this will be relatively close, but I think Pittsburgh's a better team here, and I think they'll prevail. I'll go with the final score of the Roethlisberger's 27 and the Flacco's 21. (laughs) I have Pittsburgh winning this 24-21. I'm actually going to be at this game freezing my butt off sitting next to a Ravens fan, so, like, my quality of life might not be that good. Um, It's going to be a great game. (laughs) So, I mean, like, we'll see if I survive the whole game, but, like, my plan is to – the division's up for grabs. This is exactly what the NFL was dreaming of when they started, and I'm I'm all about it, when they started having division games in the last couple of weeks of the season where, like, even if it were, you know, the Eagles and the Giants where 
not necessarily is there a lot on the line. Like, yes, the Giants need to solidify their playoff spot, but it's still a rivalry. It's still games people want to watch. And the same thing with this Baltimore-Pittsburgh game. Even if this didn't have playoff implications, it would still be a hard-fought close game that you wanted to watch. Um, Just having the division on the line is even more of a bonus. Um, And the Ravens' defense just can't contain this Steelers' offense. It's getting healthier by the week. And it's much like Aaron Rodgers. The closer you get to the playoffs and the deeper into the playoffs you get with Ben Roethlisberger, the better he gets. Like, it's just not fair. Okay. Next up, we've got the the late game on Sunday between Denver and Kansas City. Should be loud, should be cold. Um, I, I just, yeah. Kansas City, I think they blew it last week, losing to Tennessee at home. I'm back off the bandwagon. I don't think Denver's necessarily I'm, I'm going to... Don't worry, guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You got me covered then, or you, mm-hmm. you've got a, me counterbalanced, I guess, because I'm going to go out and we'll uh, pick Denver to win this game. I'll pick Denver to win this uh, by a score of 20 to 17. Like as a fan, I'm I'm much more, you know, in in my life, I'm much more of a Broncos fan than I am a Chiefs fan. Um and the fan in me would love to see Denver win this game and try to sneak into the playoffs. Unfortunately, just the fact that Kansas City's lost a couple of games, they tend to not do that in streaks. It's a primetime game. They're in Kansas City, and the Denver wide receivers can't hold on to the ball to save their life. I just I think Kansas City's going to find a way, even against this defense. I've got them winning 21-20. Um, I think this is it's going to go back and forth. It's going to be close the whole way, but I just don't know if Denver has enough in the tank to pull out a late victory. I think you're trying to force it by making your uh, Kansas City pick. I don't know. But we're going to find out. So, all right, then we get to the the coup de grace Monday night. Even if the Giants win on Thursday night, Cowboys can still clinch the NFC East with a victory at home against the Lions. Maybe it's just the the fan in me that doesn't want this to happen. Maybe it's just sound rational analysis. But I'm actually going to pick the Lions to win this on the road. Maybe their helmets look similar enough that uh, Dak Prescott gets confused or something else strange happens, but I think (laughs) Matthew Stafford's going to be the better quarterback on the field in this game. I think the Detroit receivers are going to have a field day against the Dallas secondary, so I'm going to go out and pick uh, Detroit to win this by a field goal. I'll say final score, Detroit 24, the Jerry's 21. Well, I have the Jerry's winning this 30-24. Both of these teams really need a bounce-back game. Dallas uh, didn't look as strong as they needed to last week. Detroit obviously didn't have the week they wanted to. Um, Come on, you're spoiled if you're talking about your team having a bounce-back game after winning a game. Listen, I'm going to enjoy the spoils while I can because there's been a decade of sadness. (laughs) Probably more than a decade. Tom Savage isn't the quarterback. Oh, Tom Savage could totally come be the backup quarterback. I would be so happy about that. Let's ship Mark Sanchez out of town. It scares me that Dak Prescott talks to him so much. I'm scared he's gonna, you know, get some of that bad juju on him. But I digress. (laughs) I think I think Dallas is gonna win this game. Um, But in all honesty, I wouldn't be surprised if Detroit 
somehow fourth quarter upset. It wouldn't surprise me. This game terrifies me. The Detroit offense, um, when when they're going, and they've been off the last two weeks, partially because of Matt Stafford's bad finger. Um, but if he can find a way to play around that and being in Dallas, in a dome, in favorable conditions, not out in the cold, will probably help. Um, there's absolutely a way that you can justify Detroit winning this game, which scares me big time. Okay, thank you. So yep. let's get on You're to vindicated. the uh, individual. <laughs> okay, thanks. Let's get on to the individual positions then. Uh, running backs, uh, who do we have on the injury list this week? Jeremy Hill's not practicing with that knee injury. He's questionable. Looks like he should be okay to play, but keep an eye on it. C.J. Anderson will not return this season with that knee injury. Theo Reddick is questionable with basically an entire body injury at this point. He should be okay, though. James Starks, still in the concussion protocol, has not graduated out of it yet. He's questionable. Keep an eye on that. Studied hard enough. Sure hope he would. Um, in, in exciting news, Eddie Lacy has graduated from an, a scooter to an ankle boot with his ankle injury. So get excited, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. Lamar Miller didn't practice today. He's questionable with that ankle injury. Um, I suspect he will start. I suspect he will be there. Uh, I don't necessarily think he's going to last the whole game, but keep that in mind. Jamal Charles officially will not play again this season. Adrian Peterson didn't practice today. He's not sure if he wants to play this week or not yet. That's going to be a game-time decision. Um, I hope your season's not riding on him, but I would have a plan B. Matt Forte is questionable with that knee injury. He should be fine. The Eagles put Kenyon Barner with his hamstring injury on injured reserve this week. But good news, Darren Sproles is out of the concussion protocol. He's going to play, so Ryan Matthews is not a solo running back committee. Uh, And Melvin Gordon is not practicing with those hip and knee injuries. He's considered questionable. They're still trying to find a way for him to play. It's pretty unlikely, though. So uh, I wouldn't wouldn't put all your eggs in that basket. Yeah, I don't really see the sense if you're a team that's not going to be in the playoffs of risking injury to your your star running back at this point. But we've seen crazier things, though. (laughs) In terms of waiver wire pickups, there's not a lot out on the waiver wire as you would expect at this time of year, but some guys that are still owned in fewer than 50% of fantasy leagues include Deion Lewis with New England, Derrick Henry with Tennessee, and the aforementioned Justin Forsett with Denver. So if you're really desperate, and hopefully you're not, if you're in a championship game this weekend, but maybe if you're in the nine versus 10 consolation game and need a running back to pick up. Uh, those are some guys I'd be looking at. Actually, Deion yeah. Lewis and Derrick Henry wouldn't be bad flex options in a championship game, depending on how deep your team is. But uh, hopefully you don't have to resort to starting Justin Forsett. Yeah, I hope not. But, I mean, you know, I guess at least he's going to be out there, so that's something. As far as running backs that uh, – that we actually do like this week. Uh, Todd Gurley, despite it being a low-scoring game, is going to get some work. Le'Veon Bell, DeMarco Murray, Latavius Murray, pretty much anyone named Murray. Um, Anyone with the first name Kenneth, Kenneth Dixon, Kenneth Farrow, Ezekiel Elliott, Bilal Powell, Rob Kelly, Jonathan Stewart, Thomas Rawls, and Frank Gore. Um, David Johnson I talked about earlier, Jay Ajay, LeGarrette Blunt, and Jordan Howard. Ty Montgomery, put him in wide receiver, running back, whatever. I'm happy starting him. Uh, he paid dividends for me last week. I'd like to continue that. Uh, and Devontae Freeman. Okay, I'll add uh, Shady McCoy 
to your list. Mm-hmm. Um, New England, not sure. I probably would still go with Ligard Blunt over Dion Lewis. Um, I, I do you like Dion Lewis as a flex option. I, I'm absolutely yeah. with you on that. Jordan Howard um, would be on my list. Um, mm-hmm. Frank Gore, potentially. And I think you mentioned, you know, even, even Mark Ingram and his bad attitude or, or Ty Tim Hightower, <laughs> maybe. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's, there's some pretty good matchups, but you hit most of the ones that I would have mentioned. So how about the uh, flip side, the ones that you would avoid? And I'll just kick things off and kick up some dust here by saying that I would not necessarily consider David Johnson a, a must-start this week. I know that's sacrilege, and he's probably been the MVP on your <laughs> team if you have him, and he's gotten you to the championship game, but I'm not sure this Seattle matchup is, is his best. Um, you know, is, I don't think this is going to result in him scoring a ton of fantasy points for your team, which is all you really care about this week. True, true. Um, for me, Mark Ingram's on my list. I just I think Drew Brees is going to throw forever. I don't need Mark Ingram. I got better options like David Johnson. Um, any, of the, any of the Vikings running backs, I'm tired. of I don't want to play these games. The, the Shanahanigans 2.0, if you will. I just I'm over it. It's not worth it to me. Tevin Coleman, Terrence West, Isaiah Crowell, Chris Ivory, uh, Devontae Booker, Rashad Jennings, all guys I'm probably staying away from this week. Okay. So let's look at um, wide receivers then. Injuries, who's on your list? Who's on the naughty list this week? Everybody. Um, (laughs) Taylor Gabriel's questionable with a shoulder injury. He was limited to practice today. Julio Jones uh, did practice a little bit today. He's obviously missed the last two games with that toe injury. He's questionable. They're hoping he'll play, but it's going to come down to game time. Sammy Watkins was limited today, which is actually better. He usually does practice on Wednesdays, so his foot's feeling a little better than it normally does. He should be fine this week. Kelvin Benjamin's dealing with a back injury. He was limited at practice. He's listed as questionable. Keep an eye on it. Back injuries can come and go. Um, Eddie Royal and Marquise Wilson were both put on IR with toe and foot injuries, respectively, so wide receivers are dropping like flies in Chicago. A.J. Green did practice a little bit today. That hamstring injury looks like he should be okay for this week, but keep an eye on it. Terrell Pryor is limited with the finger injury. He's questionable, should be a go. Randall Cobb, also questionable, should be fine for this weekend. Dante Moncrief was limited with a hamstring injury. Alan Hearns, on the other hand, didn't practice at all with his hamstring injury. Obviously, he's missed some time. Have a plan B there. Kenny Britt's questionable. Stephon Diggs is still dealing with a concussion. He's not practicing uh, hopefully he gets cleared before Friday. Otherwise, you're in some trouble there. Danny Amendola looks like he's not going to play with that ankle injury. Brandon Marshall's limited to practice with shoulder and back and leg injuries and everything injuries. <laughs> Jordan Matthews is questionable with that ankle injury. He should be fine. Michael Crabtree with a finger injury and Amari Cooper with his shoulder injury. Both were limited to practice. Both listed as questionable. Both will play uh, with no restrictions. There we go. Hey. We survived. <laughs> nice job. Yeah, take a breath while I read the waiver wire pickups. For some reason, Tekken yep. Jr. is still out there in a lot of leagues. Great matchup. Which is crazy. This week. So grab him. He's getting more targets uh, than Kelvin Meredith. Benjamin. What are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, uh, Cameron Meredith in Chicago you know, with 
you know, Royal and Wilson both going on IR. That's more opportunity for him, even with Alshon Jeffrey there. Eli Rogers in Pittsburgh, Robbie Anderson with the Jets. Actually, like Corey Coleman with Cleveland, given both uh, what I see is, you know, a weak San Diego pass defense and also just um, with Terrell Pryor's finger injury that you alluded to. Anquan Bolden mm-hmm. with Detroit. I think that's a nice matchup for him against Dallas secondary. Philip Dorsett, Indianapolis against Oakland. And uh, Tyler Lockett in, in Seattle yeah, had a nice game last week and going up against Arizona secondary. Not an ideal matchup, but if you're suffering from an injury in your receiver core or if you just want to keep them away from somebody from your opponent, then you know, not a bad there pickup too if you still have room at the end of your bench. Um, as far as guys I really like this week, both Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon have good matchups. Anybody suiting up at wide receiver for the New England Patriots, granted they only carry four on the roster, but Malcolm Mitchell, Chris Hogan, and Julian Edelman are all great starts. Michael Thomas, uh, Michael Crabtree, and Amari Cooper, a little banged up, but good starts nonetheless. Dontrell Inman, in, it's oh, a tough one. <laughs> Ted Ginn we talked about. Uh, he would absolutely be number one in everyone's list if it came to uh, keeping his jersey clean. He hates getting hit and avoids that at all costs, but he still catches a lot of passes, so I'll take it. Uh, Jordan Matthews, T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders, Doug Baldwin, uh, Golden Tate, Marquise Lee, Kenny Britt, Tyreek Hill, Antonio Brown. I apparently liked Emmanuel Sanders so much I wrote his name down twice. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. (laughs) Only you could start him twice and get twice as fast. I wish. An interesting twist on fantasy. Yeah, I think you covered most of mine. So rather than you know, continue on with that, uh, Demarius Thomas is somebody I like. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, a couple guys um, that are on my list. Uh, not as keen on the Green Bay receivers as you are. Not as keen on San Diego receivers. Um, yeah, there's... A few differences, but for the most part, mm-hmm. we agree with our, our recommendations for this week, so maybe we should just move on to quarterbacks then. We can certainly do that. Uh, a couple of quarterback injuries this week. And uh, Bryce Petty, we saw he left the game, uh, took a pretty pretty rough hit, and he's dealing with what they're calling a chest injury. He's been listed as questionable. He returned to practice. He's going to play this week. They say he's going to be fine. Andrew Locke has been limited with a sore shoulder, and now he's got a cut on his thumb, so he's wearing a glove. It's like a whole production. He'll be fine. He'll I still, still think throw both a bunch those injuries are passes. from his cat. Yeah, maybe. My cat, my cat certainly would inflict that kind of damage. <laughs> Jared Goff uh, has a concussion. He has passed the concussion protocol of flying colors. He did his studying. He was a full participant in practice. He's going to be fine for this weekend. Ryan Tannehill with that knee injury, definitely going to be out this week. They're not sure about next week. They're calling it week to week, so Matt Moore is going to get another start. And Tom Brady showed up on the injury report as being limited with a thigh injury. They're calling him questionable. Tom Brady's going to play this week, guys. Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah. So, waiver one. I think if you really are desperate and need a quarterback, not as a one in a one quarterback league, but if you're desperate and have bad matchups for your second quarterback this week, I wouldn't. Uh, I, 
RG3 is out there in just about every league, and I actually think he has a pretty good matchup against San Diego's defense this week. Matt Barkley with Chicago, Joe Flacco, Baltimore. Um, and if you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel, either Trevor Simeon with Denver or the aforementioned Tom Savage with Houston making his NFL starting debut. No secret on who I'd pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, as far yeah. as quarterbacks I'd want to start, I'm not going quite as aggressively as putting Tom Savage on that list. Uh, he's got a little ways to go there. Um, ben Roethlisberger, Joe Flacco. I know not a lot of people are going to be on board with the Joe Flacco pick, but they're going to be playing from behind. Yeah. He's going to have to throw, um, and I, I think it's worth it. Tom Brady, without a doubt, Derek Carr, Andrew Luck, Phillip Rivers, like we talked about, these are going to be the higher-scoring games. Kirk Cousins, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, who, to me, more of a flex option. Same thing with Marcus Mariota this week, um, or a second quarterback. Uh, Drew Brees, Tyrod Taylor, Matt Ryan, all good starts, though. I disagree with some of them, but... That's okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's what we're here for. I'm not a big fan of Eli Manning's this week. I hope they win, but not a big fan. No Carson Wentz for me. Don't like Tyrod Taylor. Don't like Matt Moore. Blake Bortles is somebody I like a little bit more than you do. Marcus Mariota, not so much. Aaron Rodgers, not so much. Uh, Philip Rivers, not so much. Kirk Cousins, not so much. Um, yeah, I don't like either of the quarterbacks in the Arizona-Seattle game. And staying away from Tom Savage and Andy Dalton, staying away from Alex <laughs> Smith, and uh, staying away from Dak Prescott. So there. Yeah, I, I don't disagree too, too much uh, with the obvious exceptions being the ones I wanted to start. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I really don't love Eli Manning or Carson Wentz this week. Um, I agree with you there on Alex Smith, Andy Dalton. Carson Palmer's got a real tough matchup. And Matt Stafford, even though he might win the game, I'm – little worried about that finger injury, I would I'd be a hesitant there. Okay. So how about tight ends? Uh, a couple tight end injuries of note. Uh, who you got on the list this week? Charles Clay dealing with that nagging knee injury. He's been limited. He's listed as questionable. Greg Olson is officially week. listed as questionable with an elbow injury. He's going to play. Uh, the, it's more of a formality. <laughs> Nobody actually thinks he's going to miss any time. Tyler Eifert didn't practice today with that back injury. That's more of a maintenance thing, but he's still questionable. C.J. Federowitz, uh practiced fully. He's out of concussion protocol. Today was his first day back to practice. He should be fine this week. Ladarius Green, on the other hand, still not practicing with his concussion. He's much more questionable. Keep an eye on that. And Jordan Reed, who thinks he's a prize fighter, uh, did not practice with what they're calling a shoulder injury. He's questionable. Please keep him far out of your lineup. Shouldn't be there. <laughs> well, it depends what your alternatives are. but um, Or if you get points for punching. Then, then yeah, by all means, true. put him in. <laughs> okay. All right. So, again, in keeping with my theme of Cleveland being a good pick this week, I like Gary Barnage. Uh, Dennis Pitta with Baltimore, Dwayne Allen, Indianapolis, Lance Kendricks, Los Angeles, Clive Wolford with Oakland, and depending on how healthy T.J. Federowitz is, uh, Ryan Griffith, so Ryan Griffin, still out there in a lot of leagues uh, with Houston. All right. Um, as far as tight ends, whose matchups I like, Zach Ertz. Uh, the end of the season, he comes back on strong and disappears for a little while mid-season, and now he's back. 
uh, Kyle Rudolph, Antonio Gates, Hunter Henry, Deion Sims, Charles Clay, Cameron Brait, who's actually second only to Hunter Henry in touchdowns by a tight end yeah. this season. Yep. Just weird. But those are those are the guys I'm going for this week. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with all those. Uh, just in the interest of time, you know, place kickers, defenses. I don't think there's too much uh, to discuss there. Why don't you um, go on with the the DFS picks for this week? Yeah, um, as far as as DFS goes, it's it's a good week. There's a lot of teams that are going to be putting up a lot of points. So, yay! Uh, as far as stacks go, I I think it kind of goes without saying. New England far and away is stack to go with. It's an expensive one. You're going to have to scrimp elsewhere, but there's going to be a ton of points. Problem is just narrowing down who they're going to go to. Um, I also like Oakland and Atlanta as far as stacks go this week, and of course New Orleans is never a bad play there. Um, quarterback wise, Tom Brady worth it you're gonna pay for it i understand but save your money somewhere else matt ryan's also a good play ben roethlisberger when you're looking at value picks Jameis winston who's had kind of an up and down uh, a couple of weeks last few weeks joe flacco tyrod taylor if you're really scraping tom savage not the worst idea <laughs> no that's pretty bad so, as far as running backs go um DeMarco Murray, Jordan Howard, LaShawn McCoy, Garrett Blunt, those are kind of your top-tier guys that we've talked about. Um, And then if you want to look at some of the games where you've got flex options like Deion Sims, that's always a good way to go as well. Wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton uh, I think is going to have a huge game this week. Michael Crabtree, uh, I like him a little better than Amari Cooper just because the price tag is right and he's going to see similar targets. Tyreek Hill, We've talked about him week after week. I love that guy. Golden Tate, Tyrell Williams, Malcolm Mitchell, and Chris Hogan, both good value picks, both going to see a lot of time on the field. Um, so for me, they're uh, a more interesting pick than Julian Edelman is, uh, especially just you know because I'm putting Tom Brady in my lineup. i got to save money. Tight end-wise, we talked about Cameron Breach just a moment ago, Hunter Henry, Zach Ertz, uh, big fans of them. Defenses, New England without saying, <laughs> Green Bay, San Diego, Tennessee, all good looks there. Um, and then if you're looking, you know, for some flex options, I like to go with guys like Ty Montgomery, uh, really paid off last week. There are some good guys out there in that same kind of price point, depending if you're on FanDuel or DraftKings or you're playing through Yahoo, um, right around that five, 6000 range that really have paid off. So when you play the matchups like that, it can it can really, uh, you know, feast or famine. That can make a big difference. Ty Montgomery made me some money last week, so I'm I'm well on his bandwagon. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, we will be back next week, like always. Uh, Sherpa will be on his London vacation, but we'll be here breaking down the season. In the meantime, if you have questions, we want to help you do your championship. Find us all week long. I know we may not have covered every option in your lineup, but we're happy to talk football all the time. You can find us on Twitter at JKIM16 and Fantasy underscore Sherpa, on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page and at FantasyFootballSherpa.com. Good luck in your championship games this week, of course, unless you're playing me, as always. But uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. Yeah, and just a quick note, uh, this is um, my last show of our seventh season together doing this it's always a lot of fun uh, all kidding aside uh, all savaging aside and uh, look forward to doing this again next year if you're up for it so thanks and uh, i'm sure you'll carry on without me uh, next week and do a great job
Yeah, we'll wrap it up next week while Sherpa's on vacation. And then we'll be back for our eighth season next year. Stick with us, guys. And like I said, find us all over social media. We want to help you win that championship. And we'll see you next week.